from the world, from the flesh, and from the devil. And so all of us face certain temptations in our lives. My temptation may not be your temptation, and your temptation may not be my temptation, but we've all got them. We all are tempted, but there's not a temptation you face or I face that we can't overcome through prayer. There's not a sin in your life or in my life. You know, now, how many of you know it's not a sin to be tempted? It's a sin when you are drawn away, enticed, and act upon that which tempts you. Amen? So, so I'm just trying to let you know, through prayer we can overcome temptation, and through prayer, even when we have fallen into temptation, even when we've got these sins in our life that we know are not pleasing to God, there is no sin that I face or that you face that I've chosen to be a part of or you've chosen to be a part of, because the truth is, we all make that choice, don't we? We talk about falling into sin, but the truth is, folks, none of us really fall into sin, we jump into it. We make the decision to do what we want to do. We've still got control of our faculties. We've still got control of how we think and how we act. And so you need to understand this morning that whatever you're facing, temptation, sin, needs, failures, all of it can be overcome through prayer. And the Bible teaches that. I want to share, you this, share with you this morning from the precious truth of the Word of God how we can live a victorious Christian life through prayer. I'm going to tell you something, folks. I believe this with all my heart. When we plan, we get what planning can do. Now, there's nothing wrong with planning. I like to plan. I like to have a plan. I like to work the plan. Those who fail to plan, plan to fail. Absolutely. But I'm telling you, if all we've got is a plan, then all we can get, all we can, we can uh, receive from that is what a plan can do. If, 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 we, or if we trust in organization, listen, and we organize all that we can organize, we can get what organization can do. If we trust in scheming, we can get what scheming can do. But I'm going to tell you this. Now listen to me. This is what we need to get a hold of. When we, as God's people, choose to pray, we get what only God can do. Nothing wrong with planning, nothing wrong with organizing. But what we need is for God's power to be released upon our situation, upon our plan, upon our organization. Amen? So that then God can do His work that only He's capable of. All of that happens through victorious praying. We find victorious praying the evidence of it right here in Acts chapter number 12. Everybody start with me there in verse number 1. We'll read through verse number 11. And then I've got four things I want to share with you today. Acts chapter 12 verse 1. Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James the brother of John with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of the unleavened bread. So Herod, this old scoundrel, had killed James, and he saw that it gave him popularity among those Jews who had power. And so he said, well, if they like that I killed James, they'll sure like that I killed Peter. And so he arrested Peter. And then in verse number 4, And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quarter unions of soldiers, or sixteen soldiers, to keep him 
intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. So you got to get the picture. These 16 soldiers that were put in charge of Peter were chained to him daily in ships. They put chains on Peter's left hand and chains on Peter's right hand and a soldier on each side. Amen? The soldier was chained to Peter in ships and 16 of them were in charge of making sure he stayed in the chains. Verse number 5. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Prayer was made without ceasing. God's people chose to take advantage of the privilege of prayer. Now watch. Verse 6. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him, wist not that it was true what was done by the angels, but thought he saw a vision. So from what I'm reading in this, Peter must have been really good and asleep because he's still kind of in a daze thinking that he's dreaming as the angel is leading him out by the power of God. Verse 10, And they were past the first and the second ward. They came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel, and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Again, thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, Lord, this morning for, uh, for, for our prayer uh, life that, that you have given us, because we have a relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being able to pray. And I'm asking God that you show us this morning the power in it. I'm asking that you show us the importance of your people praying because it releases your power upon our situation. Father, I'm thankful for that. And I'm asking, Lord, today that you make your truth real to your people. God, I can't do this. This is not about me. I don't want it to be about me. Lord, I want you to fill me up, move me behind the cross, and use me today for your honor and your glory. Holy Spirit, fill me up and pour me out. Have your way. Have your will in this service. Change hearts and change lives, and I'm praying that we leave here different than when we came. Lord, work on hearts today and start with mine. I pray these things in Jesus' name for your honor and for your glory. Lord, have your way. And have your will. Amen. The first thing that I want you to see this morning is the people of prayer. The people of prayer. The Bible says in Acts chapter number 12 and verse number 5 that the church prayed for Peter without ceasing. If you go and read through the book of Acts, if you remember a few years ago, I preached through the majority of the book of Acts. And when we were um, studying there, preaching through that, we saw how God was working in amazing ways in the early church. I mean, people were being healed by the thousands. People were being saved by the thousands. God was changing hearts, changing lives, doing what only God could do among his church. Let me tell you why I believe that was true. Listen, folks, it was because that early church realized 
the importance and the power of prayer. This was a praying people, but it wasn't only these people that I want you to notice in the Word of God that was people of prayer. I want you to think about the Lord Jesus. When you go back and read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, over and over and over again, you're going to see it say that Jesus went apart into a mountain to pray. He went and got along with his heavenly Father somewhere throughout his journey as he was leading those first disciples. And folks, he would get along with his heavenly Father and spend time in prayer. Then we find the story in Luke chapter number 11. I love it. The disciples, after they had heard Jesus praying, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, I've always found that funny when I read it, being a pastor and a teacher of the Word of God. Because what the disciples had before them was the greatest preacher that ever walked the face of the earth. The most powerful preacher that ever walked the face of the earth. What the disciples had before them was the greatest master teacher the world had ever known. And so they could have said, Lord, teach us to preach like you preach. Teach us to preach in power. They could have said, Lord, teach us to teach. Show us how you tell those parables that bring truth to life. Lord, teach us how to do these things. But instead, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Let me tell you why I believe that is. I believe they realized and understood that it was through the prayer life of the, of the Lord Jesus that he received the power needed to preach effectively and to teach effectively. They saw that he had a relationship with God the Father where he spoke to his heavenly Father in his prayer life in a real, relevant, amazing way. And they wanted that too. Amen. Jesus was a man of prayer. Let me tell you something else. Paul was a man of prayer. Remember a few years ago I preached through the prayers of the Apostle Paul that he had wrote um, in the epistles. When he wrote those prison epistles, he always prayed for the church in his letter that he was writing. And man, what a powerful prayers those really were. Listen, Jesus was a man of prayer. Paul was a man of prayer. Peter was a man of prayer. These great men of God were men of prayer in the Word of God. And I want to be a man of prayer too. How about you? We need to be a people that is concerned enough to pray. Realizing we've been commanded to pray. Do you understand, folks, this morning that it is the body of Christ, the church, that's been given the promise that not only does God hear us, but God answers our prayer? I love it. Go to 1 John chapter number 5 with me. I want to share with you three or four verses there. 1 John chapter 5. Look down at verse number 13. Verse 13 says, These things have I spoken unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. So when John is writing by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he lets us know who he's writing to. He says, I'm writing to those who believed on Jesus, who believed on the name of the Son of God. These are those who are in Christ. They are, these are those who are inside the body, the many members that make up the one body, Jesus being the head. He said that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And look at verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears.
delivers us. So what does God promise straight from his word to the body of Christ about prayer? God promises when you pray, I hear you. Y'all missed a perfect opportunity. God promises when we pray, he hears us. Isn't that good news? Now this is the same star-breathing, sea-splitting, dead-raising God that we read about on the pages of Scripture. This is the same God who created the universe itself by his spoken word. This is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. This is Elohim, the God of all power, who says, I'm going to hear you when you choose to pray. I'm listening for the voice of my children. Just yesterday, me and my wife took our baby girl, Ellie Grace, over to Nashville to the American Girl baby doll store. Now, you know I love my baby girl if in the middle of the rut in hunting season. I'm, I'm talking about it's, it's time right now. You, you can kill the deer that you want to kill right now. But, but right now... Guess what we did yesterday instead of hunting? We were walking around in the American Girl Baby Doll store. Y'all ain't going to believe this, but they've actually got people employed that fixes baby doll's hair in the American Girl store. I saw it with my own two eyes yesterday. I couldn't believe it. And they talk to the baby dolls, and they talk to the little girls just like the baby doll is a real baby. Never seen nothing like it. And the place is just full of people. You got little girls running everywhere, calling for their mothers and their fathers, calling for daddy and mama. And in the midst of all of that, I heard one voice that I recognized. I heard my little girl say, Dad, she was hollering for me. She had misplaced where I was. And out of everyone else in their hollering, hollering dad, I recognized my baby's voice. Now listen. If you've placed your trust in Jesus, the Bible says you've been born again into God's family. You've been given the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy God. Do you understand that? Are you getting where I'm going? Now, if I, who, who I'm imperfect in a lot of ways. I'm not a perfect father by no means. I've still got a lot of growing room. Believe me, ask my children. I've still got a lot of room to grow. But I love them kids more than life itself. I'm telling you. Now, if I, who am imperfect, love my children and, and I'm always listening for their voice, how much more does God, who perfectly loves us, listen for our voice? Brothers and sisters, he hears you. Wow, if that don't make you want to pray, I don't know what will. Now, look, look at verse 15. Watch this. And if we know he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. See, not only does he say, I hear you, but also I'm going to answer in accordance to my will what you've asked. So the, the body of Christ... The church has the promise of God hearing us and, and the body, the church, the body of Christ, the church has the promise of God answering the prayers that he hears. We are the people of prayer. 
Matthew chapter number 18. And let's look at verse number 18. Watch what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 18, starting with the 18th verse. He says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you, verse 19, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask it, it shall be done for them. For my Father which is in heaven, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. God dwells among his people and is listening for our cry so that he might answer our prayer in accordance to his will. We are the people of prayer. We are the ones who have the promise as his children. Now listen to me. If we choose not to pray, then we forfeit the power of God. The Bible says we have not. Why? Because we ask not. I think there are blessings getting moldy in heaven for the people of God because we haven't asked for them. Folks, ask God for what you need. Pray for your daily bread. Pray for His will. For His will is the best way. I remember a story I heard years ago about Charles Spurgeon. Many of you know Charles Haddon Spurgeon. He's called the Prince of Preachers for a reason. That brother right there, you talking about could shell the corn. I, I, I love Charles Spurgeon. But his church was growing in London, England in leaps and bounds. I mean, it was growing by the thousands. People were being saved. God was changing a city through this church. And so a lot of people started to take note of that. And and a local newspaper person came to Charles Haddon Spurgeon's church and they said they wanted to interview him and find out what was happening. And so they came in, they were asking about all the plans and all the programs and everything that he was doing to get people interested in, in hearing the gospel. And he said, do you really want to understand why my church is growing? And the newspaper man said, yes, sir, I do. He said, well, follow me. This is on a Monday morning. And so they go down into the basement by the boiler room and open up a door in the basement. There's a great big room down there that can hold a lot of people. And, and the newspaper man looked in there and saw hundreds of people upon their face praying, calling out to God for God to do what only he could do. Listen, folks, as the people of prayer, our ministry must run on the engine of prayer. And if it does it, we don't have much of a ministry. Let me tell you something, Sunday school teachers. You need to be praying for your Sunday school class. You need to be praying in your Sunday school class. Make prayer a priority. Listen, bathe everything in prayer. Small group leaders, listen to me. You need to be praying for your small group and in your small group. Make prayer a priority in everything we do. In every service, in every plan, in every program, we're going to bathe it with prayer, believing that God is able to answer. Praying by faith. We are the people of prayer, but I also want you to understand the privilege of prayer. I'm talking about the freedom we have to pray anytime about any situation. 
Here in Acts chapter 12, this is a pretty hopeless situation. Go back over there with me. The Bible says that Peter was imprisoned in the inner prison. He was put there in the dark dungeon. And this is a hopeless situation for, for Peter, wouldn't you agree? He's got a soldier on each side chained to him. And they, like I said, 16 of them taking shifts, making sure he wasn't going anywhere. And he knew the same one who had killed James was making plans and had announced that he was going to then kill Peter. And so this man could not fix the situation that he was in. But the Bible says, in this hopeless situation, God's people prayed. Let me ask you this. What else could they do? Could they have formed a mob and went and rescued Peter? I don't think so. Not this group. See, these were not soldiers. They were not men of war. They were, most of them, fishermen and just regular, blue-collar, ordinary, everyday people. They weren't going to form a mob and by their own power free Peter from 16 trained soldiers who knew how to keep him there. Let me ask you this. Could they, could they uh, maybe go and, and, and fill out a petition and get it signed and, and, and use their influence to say, well, you need to let, hey, Herod, you've got to let Peter go. Could they have done that? No, they couldn't have. Let me tell you why, because they didn't have any influence. They weren't powerful, politically speaking. Matter of fact, they were looked at as outcast by most of those folks. They couldn't do that. Well, could they take up some money and maybe buy Peter's freedom from Herod? No, they couldn't because they didn't have any money. Acts chapter 3 and verse 6 says what money they did have, they gave to feed the poor in the church. You remember when Peter and John healed the man at the gate of the temple, Peter said, silver and gold have I not. But what I do have, I give in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Praise the Lord. I'm just saying, they couldn't do all of this. They were helpless in their situation. But when they couldn't do any of those things physically, what they could do, spiritually speaking, is pray. They had the freedom to pray. Do you know that you can pray anywhere, anytime, no matter what's going on? Now, I talked to you a little bit Wednesday night about prayer being taken out of school. Now, I know we don't have formal prayer in school anymore, but you know it's impossible to actually remove prayer from anywhere. Your children, my children, every child can pray and should pray. You can pray wherever you are, whatever's going on. Whenever you choose to pray, you can call out unto the Lord. We have the great privilege of calling to the Lord at any time. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful for that. Because the truth is, there's a lot of things in my life I find to be helpless in as well. Hey, sometimes I just call out to the Lord and say, Lord, I need help in my marriage. I need you to help me love my wife as you love the church. God, help me to be the husband that leads my family well. Because I feel helpless in it. Lord, help me to be the father that my kids need me to be. Because I feel helpless here. I can't fix this situation. I can't do what needs to be done. I don't even know what needs to be done. Lord, I need you. That's the privilege we have. 
Take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Whenever, whatever, with whomever is going on, you have the privilege to pray. You need to see the people of prayer, the privilege of prayer that they, take, they took advantage of right here in Acts chapter 12. But I also want you to see the persistence in prayer. Let me tell you the attitude that I sometimes have and I feel that maybe you sometimes have as well as a people of God. It's kind of a, a take it or leave it mentality that we have in our prayer lives many times. We'll pray and say, well, God, he, cho he chooses to hear me. He promises to hear me. So if, if he's heard me, I'm just going to leave it at that. But that ain't what the Bible says you ought to do. The Bible says that in, in uh, Acts chapter 12 and verse 5 that they prayed without ceasing. They started this prayer meeting and they pushed. They prayed until something happened. Right? That's what we do. We push through. We pray and we keep praying till we see the hand of God move. That's what Jesus commands. Luke 18, 1. Brothers, put it on the screen for me, please. Jesus begins to preach a parable about the persistence of prayer. He's talking about faithful praying. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. We're going to stop right there. Now, what I want you to do this week, I want you to read that parable in Luke 18, 1. That's going to be one of your quiet time days. Read that parable in Luke 18, and it teaches about how we are persistently, uh, as the people of God, we're to be persistent in our prayer lives. Matthew, the book of Matthew tells us, let, let me give you the scripture. I don't want to misquote it. I want to make sure I'm giving it to you right. In Matthew chapter number 7 and verse number 7, the Bible says that we ought to ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. In the original Greek, what that actually means is to ask and keep asking. It's to knock and to keep knocking. It's to keep seek and to keep seeking. And when you do this, the Bible says you'll find. But you've got to be persistent in your praying. Now, I'm going to tell you, there is a mystery to prayer. I've asked the Lord. Lord, why don't you just, you, you've got the power to do it. Why don't you just do it when I ask? How about you? You promised that you hear me. You heard me the first time. Why do I got to keep asking? And tell you the truth, I don't know the answer to that. I know a lot of it has to deal with spiritual warfare. Because prayer is spiritual warfare. Believe me. And so I'm just trusting the Lord and trying to do what he says. When he says to ask and keep asking, knock and keep knocking, seek and keep seeking, he says then you'll find it or the door will be opened unto you. What's he teaching is persistence. What's he teaching in Luke chapter 18 in that parable? Persistence, faithfulness. See, when we're talking about the privilege of praying, we're talking about the freedom of praying. When we're talking about persistence in praying, we're talking about faithfulness. We've got the freedom to pray. It's a privilege. We've got, we need to be faithful in our praying. We need to be persistent. Amen. Galatians 6, 9, everybody write that scripture down. Put it in the margin of your Bible. The Bible says that we are not to be weary of well-doing. 
He says, don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Don't get weary in doing what you know you need to do as a child of God in these spiritual disciplines. Don't get weary in praying. Pray and keep praying. Don't get weary in Bible study. Study and keep studying. Listen, don't get weary in attending church because you ought to do that. That's what God's commanded us to do. That's how we grow in our faith. And he says, don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season, if you keep on keeping on, we shall reap what we've sown into. Amen. I'm telling you, I've seen that in my life. Praise God, he's faithful. He's faithful. You need to see the people of prayer, the privilege of prayer, the persistence in prayer. Then also, folks, we must see the prerogative of their prayer and our prayer. What is the prerogative of prayer? They were desperate. They were desperate for God to hear them. Because if God didn't hear them, Peter was going to be beheaded. Again, they couldn't sign the petition or raise the money or form an angry mob. They didn't have the power to do what needed to be done to set him free. So they became desperate in their praying. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you got desperate in your prayer life? Half-heartedness is an offense to the God of heaven. Jeremiah 29, 13 is one of my favorite verses. It says that we will find the Lord when we seek him with our whole heart. What's he talking about? Desperation. Desperation. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 7. The Bible speaks of the people of God. They're praying. It says they prayed. Shedding tears. Calling out unto the Lord. The Apostle Paul in, in the book of Romans teaches that, or asks the, the, the churches to pray, strive with him. To strive means to labor. How many know prayer, victorious prayer, is work? Their prerogative was not just to go through the motions. Their prerogative was for God to hear them. And the Bible promises in James chapter 5 that the effectual fervent, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. There needs to be some fervency in our prayers when we pray as the people of God. There needs to be some desperation because we've got to have God to do the work or the work ain't going to get done. We've got to have God to save souls or souls ain't going to get saved. We must have God to break addictions or addictions are not going to be broken. We must have God to heal families or families ain't going to be healed. Are you, are you getting me? There's got to be some persistence, but there's got to have the right prerogative. You're not just praying to mouth words and fulfill an obligation you're praying out of desperation believing God is able I'm reminded of Jesus praying in the garden of Gethsemane the Bible says he prayed so fervently that his sweat 
became as great drops of blood. How much do you have to focus? How much do you have to think about what you're saying and why you're saying it? How much do you have to concentrate that those small blood vessels in your forehead burst open and drops of blood pour out? What we see with Jesus is not half-heartedness. What we see with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane is desperation. What we see with this church in Acts praying for this brother who's fixing to be killed is desperation. If it takes all night, we're going to pray all night. If God don't do it the first time when we ask, we're going to keep asking. If God don't open when we knock, we're going to keep knocking. If we don't find the answer when we seek, we're going to keep seeking. Do you see it? I want you to see this morning the people of prayer. We are the people of prayer. You are, as the children of God, the people of prayer. God promises to hear you and answer you. Amen? You need to see that. We must see that. Listen, you, you need to see the, the privilege of prayer. We've got the freedom to pray about whatever, whenever. According to whomever. <laughs> Amazing. You, you need to see, listen, the persistence in prayer. you got to see that. Be faithful in your prayer lives. Keep on keeping on. Don't get weary in well-doing. You need to see the prerogative of prayer. We're, we're desperate to hear the Lord, but don't miss this one. Listen, you've got to see the power of prayer. The power of prayer. The force of prayer. Listen to me. God has not changed. See, I know Satan wants you to believe that somehow God ain't who he says he is and he's not what he used to be, but my Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever. We serve an unchanging God. We serve a God with an immutable nature, an unchanging nature. He don't need change for you can't improve upon perfection. He don't need change. You can't improve upon complete holiness. Amen? <laughs> so God has not changed. The God that we read about in the pages of Scripture is still the God we serve today. He's still able. He's still able to meet the needs of His people just like He always has. Some of y'all praying for Marriage is to be fixed. Keep on keeping on. Keep praying because there's power in prayer. I'm telling you, there's power in prayer. Some of y'all praying for lost loved ones to be saved. Keep praying. There's power in prayer. I hope and pray some of y'all praying for your preacher. I need it. There's power in prayer. Keep praying. Hope and pray that some of y'all praying for your church daily at 9 o'clock. There's power in prayer. Keep praying. Amen. Some of y'all praying for you. Anybody praying for the country right now? Praise God. Everybody praying for the country right now? Listen to me. There's power in prayer. Keep praying. Anybody praying for churches all over the world going through persecution right now? Keep praying. There's power in prayer. God does the work that we need done when we choose to pray. The power of God is released upon our situation when we choose to pray. 
Amen? Why is prayer so powerful? Because of our position. You see, folks, I am in Jesus. Jesus is in me. And Jesus said, he and the Father are one. That puts us in pretty good company. We are the children of God himself. I don't know about you, but I'll do things for my children. I won't do for nobody else. Amen? My daughter, Anna Kate, was telling me this the other day. Bless my soul. She was telling me about an instance in her life when she was praying about something, needing some direction, needing an answer from the Lord. And in the very moment that she was praying and answering, asking for the answer, a specific answer that only God knew about, in the very moment when she's praying, God gave her the answer in a way that she couldn't question. And I said, praise the mighty name of Jesus. Let me tell you why. Because I'm thankful my daughter sees the power of prayer. She saw that the God of heaven, again, that God who spoke the stars into existence, the God who created the universe, is at work in her life. And when she asked, he answered. Folks, I don't know about you. But when I got a hold of that truth, God answers prayer. God hears me. It changed everything. He hears you too. He hears you too. The disciples, the disciples were all excited because Jesus sent them out into the community and the demons were subject unto them. The disciples were casting out demons in the name of Jesus. And they came to one place that there was a demonic spirit in someone that they couldn't cast out. So they come back to the Lord and they said, Lord, you know, all the other demons are subject, but this one we can't cast out. And so Jesus goes and casts out the, the demon. And they, they asked him, they said, Lord, why couldn't we cast him out? You know what he said? This one comes out only by prayer and fasting. Now, get a hold of this. Listen, I'm fixing to give you something that's going to help you. It's going to help all of us. When you really want to see God move and do the work that only God can do, Jesus is making it clear you need to pray and fast. So for the next 21 days, starting tomorrow, I'm calling for a church-wide fast. Now, you can do it one of three ways. You can do an all-liquid diet, no food, for the next 21 days. You can do that if that's the way God leads. You can fast one meal a day for the next 21 days. You can make the commitment to do the Daniel fast, where you cut out all meat and all sweets for the next 21 days and drink water. However God leads you 
is between you and him. But I'm asking you, if you really want to see God move in your family, in your individual life, in your church family, in your nation, in your world, you want to see lost souls saved. You want to experience God in a fresh way. You want to have a fresh anointing upon your life individually and collectively as a body. It happens through prayer and fasting. So I'm asking you to commit to the next 21 days. And then guess what we're going to do? The 31st, the fifth Sunday of this month, we're going to end our fast on that Sunday. And let me tell you how we're going to end it. We're just going to praise Jesus. We're going to come in here on that Sunday night and have a special night of worship and praise. Thanksgiving unto the Lord, because the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. We're going to come together and give him the praise he deserves. And then we're going to enjoy a good meal together after we've fasted. We're going to trust God. We're going to do what he says. And I believe when you put God to the test, he always passes it. Amen? Join me in the next 21 days as we fast and pray together for God to do things that only he can do. That's my message today. We're not going to have a time of invitation, but I do want to make something known to you. Sister, you ready? Come on up. Kristen came to me last week, and she's prayed about joining our church. And I talked to her about her relationship with the Lord. And she's trusted in Jesus and been born again and was actually baptized in South Hamilton. Is that right? And so uh, she'll be moving her letter from South Hamilton to hear and what we need to do now is just bring that before all of you so all in favor of her being a member of Mount Zion Baptist Church let it be shown by saying amen, amen. well that's a done deal you got anything you want to say amen amen good to have you love you girl you be praying for her be praying that God continually grows this fellowship of believers and brings people here that he wants to be here you know the Bible says that he um puts together the building of God one living stone at a time. Do you know that? It tells us that in the book of Ephesians. And so I'm just praying God builds the house that he wants to build with the living stones he has prepared for this place right here. You pray for the same thing. Thank you so much, sister, for making that public this morning. Is there anything else before we close today? I got just a few announcements to you. If you're planning on being a part of Trail Life, I need to meet with you right after services right up here, please. Just for a moment. Give me about five minutes. We'll be done. Also, tonight, we're going to begin this evening. I was going to wait until two weeks from now, but I want to start it tonight. I told you a few months ago that we would be beginning a new small group study on spiritual warfare um, at the at beginning of the, of the new year. And we're going to do that, but I, I want to go in a different direction. Tonight, we're going to begin a small group study on the life and ministry of Jesus. And we're going to be using the mini-series, The Chosen, to go through that. We're we'll going to start with episode one tonight. And it usually, it takes about 30, maybe 40 minutes to watch an episode of The Chosen mini-series. And that has been such a blessing to me and my family as we went through this. And it's opened up so much discussion about who Jesus is and what he really came to do. And I can't wait to get into that with all of you. So if you'd like to be a part of that, I want to invite you to come out tonight at 6 o'clock 
And again, we'll do the, uh, the Chosen mini-series. I need somebody this evening that'll say, bro, I need two people that'll make two crock pots of chili for tonight. Because I love chili when it's about to snow tomorrow morning. Who would like to do that? Anybody? There's one. There's two. There's three. Anybody else? Somebody needs to make this evening some chocolate chip cookies. Who would like to? Thank you. Thank you so much. Did you get that? You got that hint, didn't you, sister? You knew what I was talking about. Miss Lacey makes the best chocolate chip cookies. I'm telling you. All right, so we're going to have some chocolate chip cookies. We're going to have some uh, chili tonight. Who would like to bring some drinks? Anybody? Thank you. Thank you. Who would like to bring some crackers, some cheese, and some corn chips? Good. Thank you. Good. Y'all come back tonight, 6 o'clock. We're going to get into the Word of God together, man. It's going to be awesome. That's this evening. Also remember Wednesday night Bible study, Book of Daniel, Wednesday evening, and we will be starting back our supper with the saints uh, this week. So be much in prayer for that. Let, let Miss Anna know if you're going to be a part of that so she can get everything taken care of for Wednesday. She's doing a great job with that. I appreciate you, sister. Thank you for your faithfulness. All right, anything else? Give you offering when you leave what them plates are back there for they're on your right as you're going out also if you would like to give to our Lottie Moon Christmas offering just make that um, out to the church with a check or you can give that personally to Brother Scott Robertson or to myself this evening and we'll give that toward our Lottie Moon Christmas offering okay I love you have you enjoyed being in God's house today go tell somebody how good Jesus is come back tonight at six o'clock all right Everybody go get you milk and bread this evening. Y'all can eat them milk and bread sandwiches tomorrow. <laughs> I know, some of y'all done got your milk and bread. Don't lie. Somebody's already been and got that milk and bread. I know it. Y'all never eat milk and bread till it snows and everybody wants milk and bread. So go get it this evening. I'm going to go get mine. If there's nothing else, Scotty, dismiss us, brother.